0: And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee. This is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hey everybody, good morning and welcome to episode 110 of The Drop Set. I am in fact your host, Darren Star. is my name. Um, uh, somebody asked, uh, is that your real name? Yes, it is actually. I would share my driver's license proving it, but uh, that's a bad pick and that doesn't need to get out there. But nonetheless, yes, that is uh, that is definitely my real name. If you stalk me on Facebook, you will see that all my family members um, are named Star as well. So there's the proof, I guess. Um, so it's uh, it's been an interesting week here. It's President's Day, so it's kind of a weird day. I I wasn't sure if uh, I was going to do an episode today, but here we are. I got a couple things to talk about. We got a couple messages to go over. It may end up being a little on the brief side, but we'll see. Um, as you know, I like to uh, fly by the seat of my pants on some of this stuff. We had some uh, almost a little bit of organization to the last episode, where I actually brought a, uh, a news article in to comment on. Wow, don't do that often. So um, yeah, I mean things have been. Um, I, I tell you what, things are always busy here, and um, I don't. I don't think that's ever going to not be the case and I tell you what to be totally honest I'm really thankful for that so um, I, am, I feel very fortunate um that I'm in a position where I can do what I want somewhat on my own terms and be successful with it. So um I'm I'm thankful for that and whenever I say I'm busy, um it's always as a thank goodness I'm busy rather than a oh god, I'm so busy. You know, I am, but I've got time to do other stuff as well. So um today um you know, the wife is uh, off work being a teacher. She gets President's Day off. Um, And uh, so I like to kind of make these, you know, semi-off days as well. Not like we have any big plans, but just, you know, we can hang out a little bit together. I can spend less time on the computer. It's a good chance for me to pull myself away a little bit. Mondays I have scheduled to be kind of a light day anyway, so it usually works fairly well anyway. Um, So uh, she's off getting a massage right now, so I'm like, hey, let's podcast it for a little bit here. So this will keep me on track. I am going to be traveling this weekend as well, so we won't have an episode on Friday or Monday this coming week. Most likely, unless, you know... Who knows? Um, I did do one on the road before, which, uh, you know, I think the quality on that was acceptable. Not great um, as far as Audio quality—it um, wasn't too big of a pain in the butt, so you know, I won't rule it out. But at the same time, uh, when I go back to Oregon for this weekend, it's not going to be a total uh, a big focus there. So, um, quick dad update continues to you know slowly, steadily improve. Nothing really, not, nothing else noteworthy on that front. But I'll go and see him. Um, you know, as I am there this weekend, he may be at the tail end of his stint in the ER. We'll see how that, or in, in the ICU. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so what's been going on? You know, I had a a conversation with my coach last week, just kind of going over like long-term training strategy kind of things, and what do we want to do? Um, you know, how do we want to structure things? And so, her, her typical uh, way for handling and structuring workouts is here's a set of workouts, we're going to do these for two weeks. You're just going to run through them twice and then we're going to change them up. And I think overall, I mean, I like the idea of adjusting things and I really like a coach that stays on top of that as well because I've had many coaches before and invariably like almost – without exception, (laughs) they would send over, you know, here's your starting plan. Here's your initial lifting plan. And then it was never updated beyond that. And, you know, they all knew who I was. I mean, you know, I'm a big, they know, they knew what I did because I was very upfront about it. I'm like, Hey, I'm a coach too, blah, blah, blah. you know, you know, every coach works with other coaches or other personal trainers, just because, It's the nature of the business. I mean, one of the things that we do as trainers and coaches is we understand the value of what we bring to the table, and therefore we understand the benefit in hiring our own coach or trainer. So um, it's kind of like, you know, a a lawyer who represents himself has a fool for a client and why uh, probably a lot of accountants don't do their own taxes. Same kind of thing. So um, a a coach who preps themselves is destined for third call out, something like that. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's probably, there's probably an axiom in the making there for sure. Um, so, uh, invariably though, they just send over an initial lifting split and then say, well, you know, you're, you're a trainer, so you can kind of take it from there. I'm like, well, I'm hiring you so I don't have to worry about my damn self. You worry about me. That's what I'm paying you for. Um, and so, um, Laney, my current coach, she's great. And, uh, really though, I, I told her, I'm like, I, I think I need more than two weeks on a set of workouts. Um, you know, I, I'm the the opposite. Of, you know, th- there's this there's this phenomenon where people feel like their workouts need to change all the time, where they they develop workout ADD. They're like, oh, I can't do the same workout more than once, and like. I mean, then you're never going to progress. Um, I think if you are really advanced and really in tune with what you're doing, you can progress if your workouts change every two weeks. I think Laney may have overestimated me on that because you know it's like I will uh, you know the the first week through I will set some set some performance benchmarks and establish you know what I'm capable of doing. Then the second week through I will I will improve upon that usually will and then the next week we're resetting with a new set of workouts. I'm like I want to take a set where you know, we really focus on what I need to do, and I realized what I was asking for when I said this, um, and give me a little bit of time, like four, five, six weeks to progress through it, and we'll kind of play it by ear and see how long it ends up lasting here. And so we went through, and we constructed a split, and it was, you know, basically taking all the stuff that's not a weakness, chest, shoulders, and triceps, and putting that all in one day, and then hitting legs twice, and hitting back twice, and taking two off days. Like, Okay, that's going to suck, <laughs> but, you know, okay, it's all good. And so case in point, um, today's uh, leg day, which w- this is the first first workout of this new plan here. So um, the leg day – let me just pull it up really quick. I'm going to let you guys behind the scenes really quick, and you can see um, what this leg day calls for. So um, – it was a seated leg curl um four sets with some some timing protocols thrown in um she gave me a choice here either a hack squat or a belt squat i opted for the belt squat um going for a quad focus on that basically a few warm up sets and then three working sets um with some rep targets established there um with the final set being um to failure um then we did a vertical leg press once again a couple warm up sets three working sets with the final one being rest pause for 24 reps um uh did a leg extension superset with a sissy squat and then abduction machine machine um two sets to kind of set the table and then a final set for a minute straight um without a break so um and the goal on that is to um <laughs> increase that from 1 minute up to um you know ideally by the time we're done with this a total of 3 minutes straight so um that might be the death of me more than anything else um, now today Uh, You know, it's supposed to start with a seated leg curl. Somebody was using it, so I had to. I I decided to start with the abduction machine instead, and that was a good way to kick things off. I don't feel like I totally killed it, but I established some benchmarks. So where it really came into play, though, was on the vertical leg press. And the vertical leg press that we have uh, at the gym, you know, it's kind of heavy, so. You know, I did two plates on it, not two plates per side, but just two plates total on it as a warm up set. I'm like, okay, this is good. You know, if I did two plates on a standard leg press, I'd, it'd be a snooze fest, I'd be asleep. Um, but on this, I'm like, okay, cool. So um, I did, you know, three plates and then four plates. And I'm like, all right, cool. Four plates is my final warm up set. And I said, you know what, for a set of 12, I think that's going to be on my first working set as well. So I did that. I'm like, all right, that felt good. Let's throw another plate on there. So I had a set of 10 coming up next. And, uh, with five plates on their total and I targeting 10, I I got to 10. I'm like, that feels okay. So, you know, I pushed out and I got 12 again. Like, all right, cool. So the target was 10. I got 12. The idea on this final set, then it's rest pause. Um, but with the same weight that I had on the, on the previous set. Um, so I'm like, well, you know, that I, I, overshot my rep range on that. So let's go up and let's do six plates total here. Um, and, Uh, I I said, you know, it's a set of 24 is what we're looking for, rest pause style. So if I can get to 12, maybe 14, and then let's try and take one break of, you know, 15 to 20 seconds and then resume and bang out the remaining up till 24. That was the goal. But I also told myself, and this is important. I'm like, don't rest until you have to. Like the goal is to get 12 to 14, but I don't feel the need to stop. Don't. And I tell you what, damn it, if I didn't make it all the way through all 24 reps without taking a break. So What does that tell me? It tells me that I was totally sandbagging it on those earlier sets. If I was doing, you know, 12 reps with four plates and 12 reps with five plates, and then I did 24 with six plates, something clicked in there. But now, once that switch has been flipped, I can't unflip it. So those numbers are all written down in the logbook. And now I have three or four more passes through that workout in subsequent weeks. To build upon that and say, Okay, well, you know I had six plates for twenty four so now you know i 'm going to do a couple warm up sets, but you know i 'm probably going to be shooting for seven or eight plates for that set of twelve you know now that we've we 've really figured out you know what these legs can do, and that 's how you make them grow so um, expect more from yourself, throw in things like that rest pause work or drop sets, um, and whenever you do that, I, I know you all do this where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go to failure, but if I can get, eh, then I'll be good. Forget that. That's the part that causes limitations. I think there's an over-reliance on failure, um, because I don't think a lot of us really know what that feels like. Or we aim for it so often that the bar for what we think of as being failure starts to get lower and lower and lower and lower over time, when really it needs to be going in the opposite direction. So maintain high expectations for yourself. It's okay to, to throw in those little little targets like, okay, if I can do this, then that'll be good. On a rest pause, it's really easy because, you know, you've got a, a pretty clear goal. Like, okay, if I can get here, that's all right. But, you know, don't feel like when, once you get there, you know, there's that part of your brain that says, okay, I got to my target, so now I'm going to stop. Even though your legs are like, okay, that's fine. I don't really need to. But if you want to stop, I'm not going to complain. You know, make them complain. You know, by the time I got to rep 22, I really wanted to rack it up. But at the same time, I'm like, I got two more damn reps. Let's just bang them out. Come on, do it. Um, and that made such a big difference. So um, just food for thought. When you approach your training, approach it with that. Mindset. And then, you know, make meticulous notes of all this stuff. If you are not keeping track of this stuff in your logbook, you are not going to actively be forcing progressive overload because while all these numbers are clear in my head right now, um, they won't be next Monday when I go to do this workout again. I'll have forgotten them because I've, I'll have, you know, several more days worth of numbers in my head from other workouts. And I'll, you know, I'll think I remember it, but I'll get it wrong if I don't write it down and re- refer back to that log, which is why um, when I, uh, when I do my logs and when I track these, I leave space for multiple workouts on one page. So I don't have to go flipping back and forth while I'm in the gym and slowing myself down. You know, my, my rest periods between sets, I want to actually be resting, not thumbing through my logbook and writing crap down or, you know, picking through my phone. I mean, I, I need to actually rest and, you know, think about, you know, getting ready for the next set. So, you know, that, that's the mindset that really leads to, you know, training as opposed to going to the gym and working out. Which isn't good enough for, you know, once you've been at it for a while, you you can't just go and expect to work out and really make a lot of progress. You gotta go and train, which means you've got to be mentally invested in the whole thing. So um that's that's today's sermon. So you're welcome. I will uh I will uh stop lecturing at this point. We do have a couple of messages to get into from last week. Um let me check here. I thought I had a couple other notes as well. Um oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this came from uh from uh, Trish, client of mine. Hey Trish, how you doing? She's in prep right now. She is, oh boy, uh, I want to throw out a number here, but I don't want to get it wrong. So let me actually pull it up and check and see. Um, she is, well, when we checked in last week on Thursday, she was eight weeks. So we're just under eight weeks out right now from, um, I believe it's the Charlotte Cup, April 13th, 14th. Um, or no, it's the, it's the Europa in Charlotte, I think. Good lord, I can't remember the name of the show. I know what date it is, and we're just we're just under eight weeks out from it right now. So, um, she's having a a pretty good prep. Um, I say pretty good. You know, she's doing really well. (laughs) So, this isn't our first rodeo, and uh, you know she she has high expectations for herself, which I like. Um, So, um, she had a comment though on the uh, question from uh, Lana last week about uh, practice suits, Um, and her note said. Listen to the part of your podcast this morning about the extra suit. She says, that is a definite yes. And quoting her, I have a plain suit when I had the real suit made. cost like 30 bucks. Always bring it in case I have a wardrobe malfunction at a contest as well as having it for progress picks. Um, And she says, I don't pull it out for picks until the last month or so because getting in it in the beginning of prep is not fun. (laughs) So... Uh, that's great though. I mean having that practice suit as a backup, you know, you don't want to have to bust it out but just in case something breaks, something snaps um and you can't do a quick repair on it backstage, um having that um you know as a as a last resort so at least you've got something to wear um is a great idea and you can use that for for practice for posing work as well so that's a smart move smart move. So thank you Trish for that. I appreciate it. All right, so let us go to the phones and see what we got.
1: Hey Darren, it's uh, Josh from Virginia here. Um, So, on your last episode, uh, I believe Aaron asked a question about the difference between uh, split squats and walking lunges. So, that kind of uh, spurred a question um, for me or at least an an item for discussion. So, I would like to talk about the difference between uh, dumbbell stiff-legged deadlifts and, uh, you know, barbell um, RDLs. Um, The benefits of both, uh, the drawbacks, and uh, the differences in muscle activation for both of those. So anyway, man, keep rocking. Thanks. Bye.
0: Sweet. Thank you, Josh. So this is me writing Josh's name on a note. And oh, surprise, surprise. I'm going to do this drawing at the end of this episode. So um, somebody's going to win something today. Um, gosh, I feel like a game show host, which is not exactly what I had in mind for career aspirations but you know what it's kind of fun so I can't can't really fault myself too much for that Um, great question so dumbbell stiff-legged deadlift versus a barbell Romanian deadlift so first of all let's just clarify stiff-legged deadlift versus Romanian deadlift or RDL exact same thing so a lot of people think of those as a different exercise which they are not so there's just you know tomato-tomato kind of situation there so stiff-legged deadlift Romanian deadlift same thing how does it differ from a conventional deadlift well first of all it's a top-down movement meaning you start from a standing Position as opposed to a conventional deadlift where you start from the floor um, and a stiff legged or Romanian deadlift, as uh, one of the names might imply, um, is done with stiff legs. So uh, a conventional deadlift, again, from the floor. Pretty much equal amounts knee flexion, hip flexion, depending on you know your morphology, but you're going to be working on both of those articulations, whereas a Romanian or a stiff-legged deadlift, you start from a standing position, and you keep your knees soft and unlocked. Uh, don't lock them out. I've seen people do that, and it just, I mean, first of all, it just looks awful but also I mean it's a serious risk of hyperextension of the knee um, so knees are soft and unlocked but basically you're just hinging forward it's almost exclusively a hip flexion hip extension exercise so difference in mechanics dumbbell versus barbell Um you know there's there's a few things and they're always going to be subtle. Um oftentimes I I will write in both. And I write in both because I want people to do both because I don't want people to get too locked into doing any one thing. So if there are multiple ways to do an exercise, I want to get good at doing all of them. Um just because there are very subtle differences in these, but at the same time, uh you know somebody might say uh you know, I, I couldn't find a barbell, so I just did dumbbells. Is that okay? Well, of course it's okay. Yes, I mean it's the same exercise. You know, I- any differences are going to be very, very minor. Um, so, first of all, if you have um, upper body imbalances, um, I think it's more likely to. Uh, doing a dumbbell variation is more likely to exacerbate those differences, especially if they're trap and shoulder differences. Um, a, a barbell, just because, you know, your hands are connected on both sides of your body are working to hold the same weight. Certainly you can lean or shift a little bit and you can compensate and favor one side versus the other, but you've got a mechanism in place to help kind of reduce that. So beyond that, the main thing is that the barbell always has to be in front of you and the dumbbells do not. Um, now, I think typically the the way that i really prefer to do it is to have the dumbbells in front of you throughout most of the movement but then one of the benefits of um of doing the dumbbells and we talked about this with lunges last week as well like yeah the exercise mechanics kind of encourage uh muscle recruitment and activation patterns in a certain way but that doesn't happen automatically what that does is puts you in a more advantageous position to where you can then force the issue by squeezing something purposefully activating it a little bit harder in a more manual sense. So you can do that here as well. A, a dumbbell RD, a dumbbell stiff deadlift or RDL gives you the opportunity. You go down, dumbbells in front, and then you come up, and you can open up the shoulders a little bit and bring the dumbbells to your side. For a lot of people, that makes it easier to, um, to focus on... Uh, getting the hamstrings, like giving them a good solid squeeze, almost like you're kind of visualizing it as kind of like sitting down without actually sitting down. Uh, But you kind of lean back and kind of bear down on those hamstrings and just squeeze them a little bit. For a lot of people, that's easier with the weights at your side than when you're holding a barbell out in front of you. But again it kind of sets the table so that you are able to do that, but it doesn't do it for you. It's still something where you absolutely have to be manually involved in the process and it just kind of opens the door so that you can do it a little bit more effectively for a lot of people, not universally. Um, there, there's also some things where um, I, I find, you know, just the, the, the loading pattern. I mean, here's the thing. I, I like both. I, I really do. I, if I had a preference... It's hard to say. Um, my my preference come can come down to something that is this dumb. Check this out, and you can really get into my head here and see just how you know OCD and how, how much I overthink stuff is. Um, one of my least favorite things to do in the gym is to grab a heavy ass pair of dumbbells and then take them somewhere. Like I got to walk away or do something like that. That is no fun. So what I like to do is uh, use the use a barbell. And then, you know, I can just do it right there at the rack. You know, if it's a half rack especially, I can just grab the bar, go down on an RDL and rack the bar up. Versus if it's a dumbbell, you know, i got to grab dumbbells. i got to walk away because I don't want to be that doofus who is doing his RDLs at the rack and blocking it off for other people. So, realistically, if you're talking about a preference, that stupid thing is probably going to dictate my preference more than anything else which i think says more about me than it does about the mechanics of the exercise so there you go but uh, good question josh though i like it um but uh, yeah really you know it's kind of like what's this phrase six and one half dozen the other you know it's kind of like that i I don't really have a strong preference between the two and if somebody says you know i prefer doing it this way versus the other way all right i get it try the other way as well let's see if we can get equally good activation with both that would be the challenge going forward what else we got here
1: hi darren this is Page from Pittsburgh. So my question today is that as I'm coming into the 2019 season, I have a couple shows picked out in May. Now, this is going to be my fourth year competing, and I usually pick shows between May and June. So in the past, I've always planned a vacation right after my show. And I know that there's a whole reverse process involved, and um, I do get something like that from a coach. But next year, or this coming year, I would like to know, in your own opinion, um, when do you tell competitors um the best time after their show to maybe schedule vacations or trips? Um, I've realized in the past that, like last year, I really binge eat um, when I was on vacation, and I'd like to do a little better job doing the reverse, taking a vacation and not really going overboard with the food. But I'd also... Um, I really don't want to take a vacation and not get to enjoy any food, so just wondering what your thoughts are, um, an idea, a timeline of when to start looking into vacations and booking things, so I appreciate it, thank you so much, Darren.
0: Hey, Paige, thanks, and it's uh, it's good to hear from you finally, also, I was wondering if you are ever going to call in here, so um, let's see, writing your name down here, alright, so I'm tearing this post-it note off, and so now we have six six entrants here for the drawing this week, which I will do shortly here. Y'all stay tuned for that. Um, so very good question, though. I like it. And um, as always, the answer for this one is a resounding it depends. So, and you know, you could you saw that coming though. You saw that coming, and I think it's really smart. You know, pick your shows around your vacations or whatever other events you have. If you listen to this at all, you've heard me go on at length about that. But the question is, okay, around about how far around? You know, when um, the the way I transcribed this question when I was listening to it is, when is the best time to vacation with regards to competing, um, taking into account that you know, I think. I think it's very reasonable to indulge in a little bit of binge eating when you're on vacation. I mean, it's especially depending on where you're going, that might kind of be the part of it. Or at the very least, to not worry about food when you're on vacation, especially when you're just finishing up a prep. Now, to be clear, I have some of those clients, and you know, between you and me, I call them psychos. And if any of them are listening here, you know who you are, who they will prep. And they will go on a deficit, and then they'll have some kind of celebratory meal after that, and then the next day it's just back on plan. And I'm like, really? How do you do that? And <laughs> like, I don't get it. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, you don't, you're not, you know, you're not craving a whole bunch of stuff. You don't want to binge. No, no, I'm fine. I'm just back on my meal plan. It's no problem. I'm like, wow. That is crazy. I can't even imagine life like that. I mean, I can. It's uh, it's me imagining a life where I'm a lot leaner year round, <laughs> but this is not how things how things work in my world. I would love for it too, and who knows? Maybe next time will be different, but it never has been so far. Um, so the the best time, and I, I think what this comes down to is, you know, we've talked about reverse dieting here. Um, how long do you give yourself on something like that? And what I always talk about with clients is getting out of the danger zone and. You know the the danger zone is what really uh, where where you really see a lot of variability, and it really depends on how your prep goes. Um, and a, a lot of this is not just like metabolic or the physiological danger zone, but the mental one as well. Like what I would want is for you to give yourself time to finish the process come out of it, have your celebratory meal and get back to a point where you are, and you know, this may take, you know, handful of days, may take a handful of weeks, get back to the point where you feel like, okay, I'm in control and I'm good with it. And I would also caution you against, you know, a a, a, a false sense of okayness on that. Because after my, um, after my cut last year, um, and this isn't terribly uncommon, I came out of it and I got back to the gym. I'm like, alright, cool. I'm good with it. And that was like a uh, <laughs> was a... Um a false alarm or a false lack of alarm, um, where I was not okay, but you know, I'd kind of gotten over the initial hump, but there, there was a crash coming after that. So, um, give yourself some time to really, and I think a lot of it just had to do with physical exhaustion, everything else that I had going on as well. So, um, you know, it was a, it was a challenging prep and that's ultimately how you, how that, what the, the most, um, important factor in this answer is is how challenging is your prep so you know page you're no stranger to competing you said this is your fourth year you've done it before so when you go through and you do a prep start to finish you have a sense of how challenging metabolically physiologically that is relative to what you've done before so you can say like you know this prep you know i've, I've had you know Really good success with it. I had some really good results, pretty happy with it. And I'd say I pushed myself at about 80% of what I've done before. Okay, cool. So then you can say, all right, your recovery probably can be, you know, a, a little bit less than you would give yourself typically. Don't overdo it and don't say, all right, three days and I'm good to go. Um, you know I did have one client once who you know she did a show and then like the following days she was getting on a, a boat for a cruise I'm like oh boy, no, that did not play out well at all. Um, some people could do that. Now I know with, with her and I'd put myself in the same category as well not not people for whom that's a good idea and that would be most of us as well. So I would say realistically, if you plan on giving yourself this is being conservative, but if you give yourself a month, To reverse and rebound and get to a point where you're feeling pretty good, I would say, especially if you're diligent with that and your your mental, you know, with itness is going to play into this a lot as well. Um, You know, if if you're you come out of that show and you're like, all right, I'm focused, I know, you know, that that I don't have any um, any sense of you know being lost or anything like that after the show. It's like, "No, this show's done. Now on to the next season. We got to get working on that." Cool. So you get back to the gym, you get back on a, a you know, get get your calories back up reasonably, cut back on that cardio, you're feeling good, you take a few days off from the gym here and there, you're feeling rested, good, mentally recovered, mentally recharged. I've seen people that can, you know, have a pretty grueling prep and, you know, c- come out of it feeling, you know, pretty much like out of the danger zone within 2 or 3 weeks. Um, That is very uncommon. I I would say, you know, three to four, realistically, if you're on it with your post-show protocol, um, three to four weeks is pretty reasonable. If you're like me, it took about two months for me. um, And most of that was mental. Like, I just mentally was not in a place where I could deal with it and be focused on everything. You know, with everything that I had going on that had nothing to do with prep, um, just a whole lot of other mental stuff to process and a whole lot of other things to think about. So um, factor that into your your calculation as far as how challenging your prep is, um, because that can't be ignored or discounted. Um, so, you know, let's say, you know, theoretically your show is, let's just pick a random day in June here. So, um, let's run through a hypothetical scenario here. So, let's just say randomly, oh, June 15th. Why not? Okay, so June 15th is show day. Great. You go out and, you know, here is what I would typically advocate. And, you know, also, <clears throat> I am not one who is typically, uh you know, unless we're pushing for like, you know, we're going for like this is a national level show or something like that, and there's a pro card on the table because I expect you to be a first call out kind of person. And, you know, you always have high expectations, but you also go into shows with, you know, reasonable expectations as well. You know, if it's your first national level show and you got there because you finished second in your class to earn your national qualification, um, you know, if, if you can't win your own class at a local show, don't expect to win your pro card in a national show that's like the same year. It's just it's statistically unlikely to happen um, unless you feel like and it was very clear that you should have won your class. And, but maybe there are politics in play. Whatever. We're going down a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down. So let's say, you know, if, if your expectations are really high, I'm like, you know what, I think you know, we're in line for a pro card here. I like the way things are shaping up. I'm, I'm probably going to push that person a little bit harder just because, you know, they're, they're more willing to take the risk. Um, not that there's huge risk with it, but they're more willing to deal with the aftermath of it. Um, versus, you know, if we're looking at a, a first show, a second show, something like that, and we're doing this cause you, know, we enjoy it. We want to improve and, you know, we'd love to get a national qualification, but it's not the end all be all goal. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that, you know, we're focusing on overall health and if you're going for a pro card, I mean, you, your overall health considerations, they're, they're going to take a little bit of a backseat, you know, in, in, in stretches for sure. Um, Because I tell you what, if if you don't make those concessions, somebody else will, and that person's going to finish above you. So um, let's say June 15th is our show, and we've been pushing moderately hard, but at, at a level that I'm comfortable with. And I don't feel like, you know, we've, you know, certainly you've been challenged, but I don't feel like we've really set you up in a big metabolic hole or anything like that. And we've given you a giant pit that you have to crawl out of. So what i would advocate so okay post show celebration on saturday sunday i'm going to have you wake up and hit 30 minutes of fasted cardio and take the rest of the day off don't worry about food just eat whatever you want but we get into that routine you know we stay with that routine we do some cardio that first day you'll feel good because you'll be feeling super bloated and waterlogged from your celebratory meal on saturday plus just reintroducing fluids because they were probably low on saturday so you know, get, give yourself, you know, Sunday morning, bang out that cardio, and then just go into sloth mode the rest of the day. Chill out, um, don't go to the gym. You know when I'm saying you know bang out your your fasted cardio in in your hotel gym. You know don't go in for a lift. Don't worry about your diet for the day. Do whatever you want. And then by the time we get to like Tuesday, Wednesday, kind of ease back into you know the macros or the meal plan that I've set up for you post show where things are coming up a little bit. And then that would also be a time to you know think about maybe take a couple extra days off from lifting. Um, You know get back into cardio a little bit. Try not to fall out of that routine and just know that you know I want to still continue to hit it a little bit. But then also I'm I'm going to be looking to back off by several sessions every week, um, depending on how much we worked up into. So, you know, I would like to, you know, minimize our rebound coming out of that. So, you know, let's say you walk on the stage and you're 130 pounds on show day. Great. So after celebrating, you might be like, you know, 135, 136 on Sunday. Great. If we can get back down to like 132 or so by Wednesday, you know, just lose a lot of that fluid. We're up a little bit. Sure. That's great. That is. That is fantastic. And then if you can kind of hold yourself to those macros or that plan, this is a great time to use some macronutrient flexibility so that you can still work in some stuff that you are um, craving without necessarily, you know, going off the deep end totally. Um, And Keep yourself in a good space and just keep reminding yourself, you know what, all this food that I'm craving, it's going to be there until the end of time. None of it's going away. Don't have to work it all in right now. I don't have to eat it all at once. Uh, you know, there's there's times to work those things in as like post-workout carbs, et cetera. You can do that and you can not, um, not break all the rules in order to do that. So, you know. The 15th, you know, by by the time the 19th rolls around, we're kind of back into it a little bit. And, you know, uh, precision can take a little bit of a hit on things, uh, depending on how strict of a reverse we want to do. You know, we might say, you know, here are your targets, plus or minus 10%. Just get pretty close. Or, you know what, hit the protein target and get your overall calories in the right range. And however the carbs and fats um, uh, end up breaking themselves out is okay with me. I don't have a strong preference on that. Um, So, and then, you know, by, if we do that, the 26th rolls around, I'd say, okay, we're looking pretty good. And then by the time <clears throat> we get to the third, which is, you know, three Wednesdays after the show, uh, I think it's, it's likely that we're in a good spot there, and that would be a good time to say, like, okay, cool. Now let's take a little break. You know what? You're kind of out of the danger zone now. Go on a vacation. Take a handful of days off the gym. Don't sweat your diet. Keep your water intake up a little bit. Don't just totally neglect it. You should be in a pretty good spot there. And I would feel pretty comfortable um, that you're not going to be doing a whole lot of damage. And the idea is, you know, during an off season, you know, just because you're a bodybuilder doesn't mean you can't go on a vacation. And you you can't do something without feeling guilty about screwing up your diet. I mean, that's Uh, nonsense. It's nonsense. You know, the, the time to feel like that is when you're in prep, (laughs) but during the off season, no, I mean, you got to cut yourself a little slack, give yourself a little bit of chance, a little, a little bit of a, an opportunity, uh, and, and freedom to live like a normal human being for a little bit. It is okay. You know, nothing is going to disappear overnight. Uh, you know, your, your gains, your conditioning aren't going to, you know, totally go in the tank because you decided to go on a vacation and not lift for five days. I mean, God forbid, more than likely, that's going to be about the best thing that you could possibly do, especially if you get yourself back in the routine. You need to take a little break coming out of a show, but if you can push it for a little bit and keep that prep mentality and that grind and that routine going for a few weeks as you get out of that post-show phase and through that reverse diet, you'll set yourself up for a a really good um, vacation period then where you can enjoy yourself and you can relax and you can not carry any of that guilt about, you know, not following a plan or anything. You've done what you needed to do. And I think that's enough time to do it. So hopefully that helps a little bit. So, um, that's what I had. So we're going to do this drawing really quick and then we are going to wrap it up. Um, and then, you know, likely not have an episode on Friday or Monday, but we'll see how it goes. You know, certainly not on Monday. Monday is a travel day for me. I'm actually flying out on Thursday this week, Thursday, afternoon um so friday will not be a travel day for me so i might be able to work something in i don't know we'll see how it goes so um i'm not doing a video for this you're just gonna have to trust me that i'm legit but i promise you i am (laughs) i've i've done it on video before so you know i i don't have i don't have any favorites here i don't have i don't have a, a favorite in this race so here we go so here's everybody in the little bowl here yeah okay so um, and they're all crumpled up, so I can't see anything that's written on any of these. So I'm just going to pull one out here, and it is shaking, shaking, shaking. This one. I have it in my hand right now. Hear it? That's it. Let's hear it. Let's see who it is. And it is. It is. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yeah, Mark. This is from way back. Boy, Mark, when did you call? You are the first one in this batch, actually. So, <laughs> um, congrats, man. I will hit you up on, uh, Instagram or I might just email you and, um, we'll get you set up with whatever you want from the shop. So congratulations to Mark. Nice. So, um, all right, that's all I got. So, um, I'm going to wrap this up and, uh, I'll be hitting the road later this week, and I'll keep you all in touch. Once again, um, stay in touch with what I'm doing, Instagram at Darren underscore Star, Facebook.com slash Five Star Physique. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Darren Star. Don't do as much there, but if you're on Twitter, hit me up, um, follow me there. And uh, what else? YouTube. Oh, I was going to do a YouTube live stream. I forgot. Again, we'll get into the habit of that and the routine of that. Um, And the website, 5starphysique.com. You can check out uh, information on coaching services, workout plans. You can read about the podcast. You can click on shop to see the 5 Star Physique attire lineup and uh, get yourself something uh, snazzy and trendy. I am uh, doing this. Um, I'm I'm broadcasting today wearing my... um, uh, what would this be my gray and charcoal three-quarter sleeve uh, baseball tee which um, I absolutely love it's like my favorite thing that I have to wear so that's it enough promotional garbage so um yeah thank you all for listening I appreciate it and uh whenever the next episode is later this week weekend who knows whenever it is I'll catch up with you let you know what's going on